Welcome to the Five Questions for a Field Service Expert podcast. This is the show for field service professionals where we dig into the big questions about field service delivery and management. Every episode, we ask a field service expert five questions that can help you do your job better. Well, we're talking to Bruce Breeden uh, today. Bruce is the Vice President of Service Operations at Fairbank Scales in Kansas City. And uh, today, for Bruce, we have five questions as we do for all of our field service experts five questions for a field service expert, and Bruce certainly um, qualifies as an expert. He has vast experience in field service. It, it pr runs pretty deep, having worked in executive management, in business development. Uh, Bruce has worked in, in marketing roles, in, in organizational development, uh, industrial safety, fleet management, really the entire gamut of, of the field service uh, uh, focus. Uh, Bruce has been there, and not to mention call center operations. So with that richness of experience, Bruce has actually authored a book called The Intentional Field Service Engineer, and he's also the creator of the Field Service 7 Professional Development Program. Uh, Bruce is the founder and principal of Field Service Resources, an organization to field service engineers and technicians throughout their career. It's really a great opportunity for a field uh, technician to launch directly into productivity, and Bruce enables techs to do that. Bruce, it's a pleasure to chat with you today. Thanks for being with us. Well, well thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you for such a nice introduction, and uh, uh, really looking forward to being here with you today. Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, for, for, uh, for you, our five questions are targeted mostly at your uh, expertise in um, equipping techs with the right kind of knowledge and the right kind of uh, know-how and confidence to be productive, but uh, it'll run the gamut. So let's let's jump right in with the first one. So I want to know, with with you having spoken with any number of field service organizations, uh, in your experience, what are some of the most common issues you've identified uh, with field technician training and getting them to effectiveness? Uh, sure. Let, let's uh, start with the, uh, the basis of field service, the, the technical skills and the technical training. Um, depending on, on our companies, uh, you know, typically a, a challenge will be the, the broadness of the assigned products, uh, the quantity and age of the installed base. Uh, I've worked in many organizations where, um, to our advantage, we, we had a long history of products and, and, and those vintages uh, stay out there for a long time, don't get traded in, and uh, the expectation to train on uh, older products or variable uh, type product lines within a customer site uh, is, is always one of the challenges. Uh, then products are discontinued and become obsolete, and uh, or you're in a multi-brand uh, uh, organization that, that uh, you don't necessarily have the, the factory training available uh, to you. Um, we've um, we've gone in, in, in and out of generalization and specialization also over the years. Uh, it's hard to be you know the, the you know the uh, a jack jack of all trades master of none if you will. And so particularly today, again with an aging installed base as well as all of the different type of technologies, there is a a, a point where you have to generalize and move into uh, specialization. Uh, but I. I Guess the, the one thing we all we all struggle with is uh, exposure to um, to a product line after training. I mean, off the, the the beginning of training and completing that training course is challenged by the retention factor of the student in the training class to start with. 
but particularly if they don't get exposure or what we call stick time on that product uh, soon after their training, which in, could include you know, working with uh, a knowledge network team uh, there in the field uh, would certainly be a challenge. And uh, t in today's world, you know, we want micro learning, we want links, web links to reference material and job aids and uh, again, instructional type material. Uh, I think we can relate to that even as consumers. I don't know about you, but every time I need to do a home repair, I'm on YouTube looking at uh, the latest, <laughs> greatest techniques and, and there's always 12 ways to do things. But in our in our businesses, you know, being able to specialize that that training material and give it to the uh, the technician or the service engineer 24/7 uh, is really key. But let, let's move off the technical aspect um, for a moment because, frankly, that's just that's just part of the training. Um, much challenge is really how do we train our our team to be a professional field service technician or a service engineer. Um, you know, what are the company organization and service organization goals? What initiatives have been changed that needs to be focused on? Uh, because there's incredible bandwidth in a field service technician role in their responsibilities uh, to the impact to the company brand, to the profit and loss of the company. Uh, how do we teach them to work independently and productively? How do we uh, train them to work safely, escalate issues, document quality or customer complaints? I, I think we get the story. There, there's a lot there. And speaking of stories, I can cite my personal example. When I started in, in field service, I had the great fortune um, of, of coming into a company that had an embedded system. It wasn't very formal, but certainly as a new technician coming into the field service industry, um, there was a system that welcomed me and, and many others uh, in the day uh, to not only teach us the, the technical side of the business, but the field service side of the business. And I think those are two distinct and critical elements of shaping our people and, and supporting them properly so they can contribute to, to our organizational goals. And, uh, and I look back that that system included work objectives, included mentoring, uh, it included, um, you know, in the field training, resourcefulness um, and in a culture that that led us to be become great ambassadors of the company, not just great service technicians. And um, with that, the emphasis today should also be on soft skills and what we call the job skills. A lot of the things I just talked about uh, in terms of using technology, working productively, uh, being safe. Those are job skills. Um, so we often think about job skills that, that are just technical to be able to service that particular product. But obviously we, we recognize the soft skills, but job skills are inventory management, productivity, safety, um, use of technology. Look at all the technology that, that techs and engineers use today to do their job. And it has a wonderful impact, but uh, unless we use the system, so to speak, uh, we don't get that benefit. Nice. So, so it sounds like um, you know, early on in your career, you were you were sort of swept right into the notion of not just being a technical expert, but really being a service and a and a professional expert, if you will, too. And I'm curious, uh, having been in field service your entire career, what are a few of those sort of less obvious benefits you've experienced in, in this line of work? Um, 
I I would go back and, and cite a personal uh, experience, um, and I, it's shared by many, frankly. Uh, you know, over the years and and day in and day out type work as a professional field service person, uh, you end up solving problems. And 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 I never looked at that in in the broadness that that I just posed the point. You know, I, I looked at it when I entered in the field as obviously it was a break fix you know, environment, customer had a problem, we were dispatched out, we fixed the instrument, as they say. And, and I remember to a very wise technical instructor uh, at my company who said, you know, uh, guys, your, your job isn't necessarily just to fix the instrument, but it's to fix the, the customer as well. And that led me to, to really understand that, you know, there's a myriad of, of, of problems. It could be technical in the form of you know, the hardware, but it could also be the how the, the customer is using their system and it's an application. Could be a contract or billing inquiry. It could be about um, other products and solutions that are, that our company had. And and even going back to technical, you know, there, there are a lot of complicated problems and, and sometimes one problem isn't experienced by another user at that particular account. But you have to, to look at the whole uh, account relationship. So at the end of the day, you're solving problems. And I never realized how valuable uh, and enjoyable that aspect of field service is. And uh, in my book, the, the Intentional Field Service Engineer, I actually cite uh, a few field service engineers that, that grew their careers, sometimes in a completely different profession, because of their experience and successes in problem solving and relating to multiple personalities. Uh, day in and day out. It really does um, work up to an opportunity for those individuals that, that, that do that well and develop that skill. Uh, I can imagine there's probably no skill more, more, more transferable than, um, than the ability to, to, to identify and, and solve, solve problems sort of, you know, in, in, the, in the moment without having to go back and access resources and just sort of on the spot solve for the problem at hand. That's, that's awesome. Dan, um, uh, May I uh, actually oh. add to that, if, if you don't By all mind. Means. Uh, another another yeah. example came to mind uh, just a couple years ago. A very good friend of mine, somebody I worked with in the field as a field engineer and later in, in management, um, was, uh, was invited back to her um, college um, school of engineering. And she gave the commencement speech. And she looked back, it was probably 20 years after she had graduated, but she said she told the, the audience, the students, the graduates about her first job. And of course, it was a field service engineer. And it was a remarkable uh, and enlightening speech. And she said, you know, my, my, my first job, I was a field service engineer. She, had, she said she had no idea what that really was. And she said, you know, I was a problem solver. I solved problems. And she ended her speech to, the, to, to those students that day with go out in the field and be a problem solver. So it's not just in field service. You're absolutely right. It's in many, many other areas. That's great. I love it. The commencement speech is it's a great that's that's a great metaphor and frankly a great um, lesson for for, the, for those grads. Now speaking speaking of, of training folks and sort of getting them into the right mindset, I'm curious about um, considerations you can share with our listeners about uh, what goes into the design and rollout of a really effective. Uh, training program for field technicians. 
Um, they, that, that's a, a great question and point both. Um, you know, you really can't do anything without having a, a plan. And uh, it, it reminds me of, um, of years ago that this is going to date me. So um, you can have a laugh at that. But uh, there, there was a, a, an airline commercial that ran on TV years and years ago. And it, was, uh, it took place in a boardroom. And the chairperson at the time went around the room and actually handed out paper tickets. So here's the dating factor. Okay, yeah, they were paper, paper tickets. airline tickets. Um, but he handed out every executive an airline ticket and said, uh, "Go see a customer." And obviously, the point was to promote flying. But you know, I remember my company at the time. It's not like they copied this, but about the same time, they actually ran a program. Um, called Customers Make Good Company. And we already had a strong vision and mission uh, statement. We could relate to what the company was about. But when this came out, it kind of framed things. So I was a field engineer, maybe a district service manager at that time. Uh, but, but I clearly remember, and I could, I clearly remember today, but I could relate at the time uh, to that mission and initiative. After all, you know, we were all, all employees were, were customers of one another. We had external customers and we had internal customers. So we could all relate. And there's my point is that training programs cannot stand on their own. It, it has to be part of a, a greater program. It has to, uh, you know, a training program can support and provide structure to a program, but training in itself is really somewhat ineffective. So when you ask um, about uh, experiences and rolling out a field, tech training program, I would start with first that it needs to be framed in terms of what is the initiative uh, that training is part of. It could be routine, but routine is also about maintaining proficiency. Uh, just the other day at, at our company, we recognized uh, somebody with 50 years worth of field service experience uh, with our company. And, and you just think back of all the technology they were exposed to and all that they learned through the years to be an excellent field service technician for their career over that many years. It's just tremendous. So I always consider planning a training program uh, to first establish, quote, an operating practice, um, not training programs. And that's really what our Field Service 7 training program is about. It's an operating practice, which training is a part of. And going back to customers make good company uh, with my old employer, um, we, we could certainly relate to that theme. We knew that we need to have, to have good customer interaction, and we had training programs to support that. We had training programs to support our technical proficiency, but it was framed in an operating practice, and we measured it. We had, um, we had networks, uh, knowledge networks. We had mentoring networks. We had excellent metrics to measure how well we were doing but it was part of an operating practice, not just a training program. So I, I would strongly recommend um, starting with your company's uh, vision and mission, and that will resonate a good theme uh, and maybe multiple themes in which you can inspire the organization so, so that makes a lot of sense. I like how you, you've, you've framed uh, the notion of a training program inside of a practice, a broader practice. One of the things that we haven't talked about, and maybe this is part of your, your practice um, approach, is the technology that supports uh, technician enablement. So what, what do you, in your experience or in, in, your, own, in your own current um, uh, role, 
what kinds of what kinds of technologies do you think are, are best uh, supportive of, of technician effectiveness? Uh, today, today's an unbelievable time uh, for technology, as we all can relate. Uh, ironically, I, I just um, um, I, uh, attended a uh, user group meeting this week, uh, and between the supplier presentations and talking to to my fellow service organization leaders, uh, I'm in all of the possibilities that are out there from a technical standpoint. But to answer your question, I think most of us struggle with an aging workforce uh, and the ability to attract new field service talent and onboard effectively. And that's a handful. And I think, uh, you know, using technology there is, is a combination that can benefit um, some other non-technical responsibilities we have, like I mentioned earlier, such as safety, customer interaction, productivity, uh, escalations, uh, and such. And so by using technology, not only can we uh, improve technical proficiency, but also the soft and job skills that I mentioned. Um, so I think, um, uh, you know, ways to, to um, use mobile platforms, I think that's key because like the smartphone, uh, people want training 24-7. They want micro training 24-7, 365 as they need it. Um, you know, going to training and just having that recollection doesn't do it today. Uh, there's too much technology. And so being able to have a mobile platform in which micro training can be um, uh, filtered down to them or they can get it 24 seven. I think networking people, uh, I have experiences where, where the local tech is, is actually physically located. It just so happens that, that there's not a really good natural trainer in that local environment. So we have to network them across different geographies. And with technology today, tech-to-tech uh, -tech or tech-to-specialist is really, really important. And so I, I think that's my first idea in terms of, uh, you know, connecting people with technology. But we're experimenting right now with, with IoT. Obviously, that, that's very popular. We are moving from reactive to predictive. But we're really using that also in combination with tech-to-tech capability is being able to take a new person uh, in the field that we don't have the luxury of training them on something that's that's 15, 20 years old, but how to be able to use that relatively new person uh, and network them with a senior person uh, to aid the job uh, resolution. And so lots of technology opportunities. And again, we can use that same technology to direct the job skills and the soft skills that we need with the interaction of the customer. Nice. It sounds it sounds like you're you're a very strong advocate of, of effectively uh, weaving technology in and throughout the field service organization, so it almost becomes indistinct from uh, the operations themselves. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Um, I had experience um, in a global ERP and CRM implementation a few years ago, and, and a, uh, a lighter one just in the past couple of years. And it all comes down to, as we commonly refer, refer to, people, process, technology. They're one of the same. They have to be woven together. Absolutely. And, nice. and technology is very much can, can aid in that process with directing the, the steps you want to take. So our last question, Bruce, of, of the five, uh, we've arrived at that moment. Tell us a story. Fin finish with a story about one of the best field tech training programs that you've ever seen implemented. 
Um, probably need a little more time on, on this last question uh, based on the recollection that, that I have. Uh, hands, hands down, uh, for me, it was a program that, that was titled the Skill Standards Program. And that title doesn't do the program justice, actually. But um, it, it, it was addressing our marketplace at the time. Uh, the, the organization had depended on a revenue flow of certain products that were very hardware oriented. And as the world turned, as technology turned, not our products, but the science that the products were used within uh, changed. And so therefore, we needed more field service uh, capabilities on applications and software than just the hardware. And to a degree, that's a common thing that, that we as service organization leaders uh, face. But what was unique to, to us is that we also had in parallel to redesign our, our customer support process to address those characteristics. So in parallel, um, we had a really good person uh, that actually was a field service engineer. So going back to how many transferable skills FSCs uh, and techs can have. But he was our uh, training and development manager and certainly did some analysis and got great feedback from our uh, techs and engineers as well as our customers and determined that we really need to go about a training in a, in a much different way. And so we did some layperson training, if you will, when the science of how our instruments were used at the time that complemented and better shaped their technical training on the hardware and the software. And so in a nutshell, um, it was taking the needs of the, of the customer both internally and externally, and we backwards design our training to address these new skills and processes. And so it, it drove um, the development of our training program in a much different way. But it wasn't just a training program, as I keep saying, it became an operating practice. Um, we, we had the process of training design uh, based on internal and external. We had complementary job aids. And I say job aids because, um, you know, technology has changed that a little bit and they're so internet linked today. But however you do them, there were job aids, there were measurements. We had uh, engagement from our line management to our field engineers. We had a mission. We were talking about, you know, we're, we're a great service organization because we have achieved this over the years and we're going to continue to be great because we're going to transform ourselves and achieve yet something else. So everybody could relate to that. And um, another strategic benefit of that, uh, which we normally don't really think about, is that you know, our product brand reputation um, was increased. The return on investment of product development programs uh, was improved. And we were just plain getting closer with our customers and helping them solve problems, which we can talk all the, the, the fancy marketing words, but at the end of the day, we were closer with our customers and we were solving problems. And frankly, that leads to all the great business outcomes we were looking for. And that was a result of readdressing uh, training in a more holistic uh, fashion. But I wouldn't undermine the need for, um, you know, it's not a, an overnight turnaround, um, uh, but it is an example of using good analysis, feedback, participation, getting out of the way and letting good people contribute. And that became our operating practice. And, uh, and, and, Again, I want to highlight that it drove the practice elements of mission, vision, goals, good content, changed content in this case, uh, 
engagement, um, implementing daily practices, and the measurement of those outcomes. And so that practice was the uh, the best training program I can recall. That that is fantastic. I, honestly, that is a story that I think would inspire any field service leader. Um, and unfortunately, it's probably not a story that every field service leader can can relate to, um, but it would certainly inspire them. In fact, if if you want to be able to relate to a story like that and tell it yourself, I would encourage you to visit fieldserviceresources.com where you can learn more about Bruce and his consulting firm, Field Service Resources. Bruce Breeden, thank you so much for spending some time with us today to talk through five questions for a field service expert. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Dan. I very much enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening to Five Questions for a Field Service Expert. For more expert views on field service, subscribe to the Mobile Reach blog at mobilereach.com.